Welcome. That song, I love that song, He is for you, and that's going to be what we talk about uh, in our message today. So I actually asked them earlier if they would do that song for us. And you know, the, so they did that song about six weeks ago for the first time, and um, nobody was in the Nobody was in the room, and because uh, we were just doing it for the for the uh, live stream. But um, I was looking forward to the day when we'd be back in to do it, and, and uh, I'm glad that we're doing that today. And, and so good to see just a few people here. Those of you that are watching online, it's it's not like packed in here or anything. It's six feet apart, and there's only uh, uh, I'm about twelve people here. So. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's, we're being safe, and, and uh, we, we want to bless those of you watching online. You're being safe. But um, good to be here today. Very good to be together. Uh, bulletins are all digital now, and so I just want to talk to you again so you get the hang of it. it, it you can go to vineyardbulletin.com. It'll just pop right up if you want to go there. And if you put your name and your email address in at the end, and there's places for you to take your notes and do all of those things, and you hit the submit button at the end of the sermon, and that whole thing will go into your email account. It'll be there for you all week. So um, you can do that. So vineyardbulletin.com will do it, or you can just go to our hub where everything is, Vineyard Hub. Dot com will get there or go to either one of our websites and search for Vineyard Hub and it'll take you right there. And also the app. So, um, so, you know, we have a lot of ways to get you digital content. You know, we have, we have a, a Roku channel. We have an Apple TV channel as long as in use, uh, YouTube channel. And there's like a church stream and sermon net and all those things. But we also have our own app. Uh, and so if you have a smart device, you can go to the app store of your smart device, whether it be a, if it's an iPhone or an iPad, go to, go to iTunes and look for Keys Vineyard and download that. If it's an Android, uh, phone or something, a tablet, go to Google Play, search for Keys Vineyard, download that. That app has every possible link just that, that we could think of that you could need. Uh, you can see the live streams. You can uh, hit the little uh, menu button. There's about and links. You can pull up the bulletin that way. It'll say online bulletin there. There's links to all of our Zoom meetings. Everything is there for you. Boom, boom. It's really easy. I did a video and put it up this week on Facebook about how to use the app. So I just wanted to talk it up. And uh, another great thing to have with so many things being digital at this point. Also wanted to thank you, church, again, um, for your amazing generosity as we continue to do outreaches to our community. We had another big drive-through outreach today. We gave away about 250 meal kits. Each meal kit feeds four or five people, so a thousand folks got fed, plus uh, produce and toilet paper and paper towel. And you guys make that happen. Your generosity allows us to go and purchase those things to give away to bless the community. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you're doing as we continue to uh, bless the community that way. And we're going to continue on today in a series we called Light. So we started this right when all of this pandemic stuff began and um, that we're to be, you know, we're to be a light in the world. What does that look like in a situation like this? And that's what we've been pressing through together. I made an acronym out of light. Uh, I said we need to make sure we're loving well. That's the L, and we've talked about that some. We need to implore, and that means to really press into God, and I hope you're doing that. Um, the, at the time, the G was to gather virtually, and, and so we, you know, we've talked a lot about that and what that looks like. I've also borrowed that G in another message and talked about grace, because it's a letter. I can, I can do that when we need to. The H is for help, and we've been talking about how to be a help. In fact, last week, our message was about being a servant. We, we, use the H. Um, we have talked about trust, but I'm going to talk about trust some more. And uh, we're going to do a, just a two or three week uh, thing about uh, trust, 
by talking about how God is for us and what a difference it makes when you know that God is for you. And we're going to be spending some time in Romans 8 over the next two or three weeks talking about that very topic. So that's what we're heading into today as we um, have our time together. Bad joke time because this is where they have, this is where they happen. Oh, did you hear about the Irish guy who's getting so stir-crazy from the whole safer-at-home stuff that he's bouncing off the walls? Yeah, we need to pray for him. His name is Rick O'Shea. Rick O'Shea, bouncing off the walls. Yeah, no. Rick O'Shea. The inventor of the umbrella was originally going to call it Brella, but he hesitated. Something. Wow. The last group thought that was funny. All right, last one. Thank goodness. With so many sporting events canceled, they're going to televise the World Origami Championship. It's on pay-per-view. I know, scripture reading. I'm sorry. I apologize. Scripture reading here on purpose. This is Romans 8, 28 through 31. And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. And those He called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be Against us. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Powerful passage. There's a lot going on in there in Romans 8 that we're going to look at over the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, and, and what shall we say to all these things is not only what he's talking about in Romans 8, it's really about the entire book of Romans. And if you get back into Romans 1, uh, really sort of the thesis of Romans, the statement, if you were to pull one thing out of there, is Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And then he continues to talk about what the gospel is and what the gospel means and why we talk so much about the gospel here, the good news, and that you should know that, you know, it's in summary, it's that Jesus went to the cross according to the scriptures, that he died according to the scriptures. He died, he was buried, and he rose again according to the scriptures. And that's what people need to hear and understand so that they can find their way into the kingdom of God in Christ uh, and be rescued from the kingdom of darkness. And that's what it takes. Is That's the gospel. That's the good news. That Jesus made a way for us. And And... The bigger sort of good news is that, that God is ultimately setting everything right. That's the bigger picture. Since the fall, um, God is in the process of making everything right, which culminates in Revelation 21. We talk about that verse often. New heaven, new earth. Heaven comes down to earth. New physical bodies. All the amazing promises we have. We'll be talking about those again over the next couple of weeks. But we read that um, passage that I just read, and, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and and we might struggle with that what 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 is good and and well i feel like i love god but but i don't always feel like all things are working together maybe you felt that way and what does it mean that that he's for us what does it mean that god is for us well that's what i want to talk about because when you get a hold of the reality because what paul's saying is that that's a reality that god is for us and he talks that's what he's talking about he demonstrates it when you get it when you know that god is for you no matter what circumstances are happening god is for you it allows you to trust in him in ways and it allows you to make a difference in the world and in the people around you so 
Let's look at what we can today, and like I said, we'll spend a couple of weeks talking about this. Point number one is this, that we are all on a journey. We're all on a journey. Um, you know, it's fascinating, but each one of us has a story and, and, and things that we've gone through. And at this moment, our, our journeys have all intersected right here. All of us that are here in the room, those of you watching online, at this point in time, our journeys have all intersected. We all got here differently. We've all had different backstories. We've all come from different places. But we intersect right here. And it's such a cool thing, I think, about our journeys and how they intersect with others and what that looks like. And um, because we all on a journey, we, we understand some things about life but but and here's something that i hope you sort of will will sort of take in is that we have a tendency to define what it means that god is for us in a couple of places on this journey we either sort of define it on a mountaintop or we define it in a valley and it looks different in those places you know it's easy to know that god is for you on a mountaintop but in a valley it's a much different situation and yet the reality is that god is for you no matter what's going on he is always for you and so to talk about that i want to look at a story in the new testament today remember over the last couple of weeks i shared with you out of what paul said in in romans that um that the the Bible's written for our encouragement and hope and for our instruction. And Paul was talking about the Old Testament at the time because that's what he had. But, but it includes all of the stories now that we have in the Old and the New Testament. And so the last couple of weeks we talked about, um, uh, first we talked about the people of Israel and how they were trapped up against the Red Sea and the armies of Pharaoh and what God did in that and how he made a way. And then last week we talked about the story of David and Goliath. And we talked about, you know, the, the Philistines on one side and the people of Israel on the other and then the story of David Goliath and really what a picture of servanthood was going on in there but today we're going to look at a story in the New Testament and we're going to look at a couple of people who uh, who are disappointed uh, disillusioned confused and uh, their hopes have been sort of dashed and so I want to look at their story, and we're going to talk about knowing how God is for us. Now, these two disciples is who the story is about. One of them is named Cleopas, and the other one is not named. But um, I believe, and, and a lot of people would believe this, that it's actually Cleopas and his wife. And you may not have ever looked at the story that way, but, but it's, it seems that that's who we're talking about on this journey. And so Cleopas and his wife have gone to Jerusalem. They've gone at this pivotal week in the life of Jesus. They've gone at the very last week. They've gone expecting to see him um, change everything. That he is, and they believe him to be the redeemer of Israel. They think he's going to step up to his rightful place to the throne. Uh, he's going to take care of all the Roman oppressors and everything that's going on. And they gone to Jerusalem to be a part of this because they think the time has come. They've, they've the disciples, so they know who Jesus is. They believe and they, they've watched the miracles and everything and they think now is the time and these things are going to change. But instead what happens when they're in Jerusalem is that Jesus is arrested and he's beaten and he's tortured and he's crucified which is a very shameful public thing. Uh, he's taken down from the cross. He's buried and the stone is rolled over the tomb and that's what they're dealing with. That's what's happened. And it says they kind of hang around there for three days and they decide to leave and they walk away from Jerusalem. The, their hope is gone. No need to stay there any longer. It didn't work out. 
And even though they'd heard, you know, this, this sort of rumbling that, that his, some of the women had come back and said his body isn't there, it doesn't fit in with their picture. When you're uh, dead and when you're entombed and there's a stone, you're done as far as they're concerned. And so everything is over. That's the, sort of where we pick up the story. And this story's in Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 13. And uh, we're going to read a big chunk of this passage together. Now... That same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. Now, this is an amazing thing that's happening here. So, it's a seven-mile journey. It's about a three-hour walk uh, at that point in, in time with what they were going through. And so they've, they've, they're walking away from Jerusalem. They're, they're heading out, and they're talking amongst themselves about everything that's happened. What were they talking about? I can't believe this happened. You know, that's what, that what they discussed. Can you believe? They're so crushed in, in, in everything. Nothing worked out the way they expected to. And while they're having this discussion together, Jesus draws near and was with them. Now... Significant for us to see and catch that because so often when we're disappointed and when we're hurt and when we're confused, one of the questions that we ask is like, God, where are you in all this? Where's, where's Jesus? What's going on? Why, why are these things happening? Why didn't it go the way I thought it should go? And, and, and yet, what you need to know is that even in the midst of their despair, Jesus is journeying with them. Jesus is there with them. See, that's Jesus. He's, that's the heart of Jesus. He's with us no matter what's going on. And, and, and so it pulls us into this second point, which is, what is your view of Jesus? Or how do you see Jesus? And the story continues in verse 16. But they were kept from recognizing him. They just couldn't compute. To them, Jesus is dead. He's been entombed. They've seen it. There's no coming back from that. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, Scripture says, their faces downcast. They were sad. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? He asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in uh, word and deed because before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. So I, I, how often, I, you know, it's a reasonable question, have... We have been living our lives in these sort of difficult times, and we kind of wonder, where is he? And, and yet, he's right with us. And, and this, I read this over and over and over again. I hope you caught this, because this is significant. And, and so that you know the heart of Jesus and how much Jesus is for you. Um, this story takes place resurrection morning. Resurrection morning. And... I don't know about you, but, but I, I would have this picture of resurrection morning that Jesus, who had just defeated death and set everything right and, and made this huge impact on everybody in the world and got everything going, the, the first one. I, if, if I were Jesus, I'd probably be hanging out, high-fiving angels and stuff. You know what I mean? Woo! We did it! We did it! We did it! Where's Jesus on the morning of the resurrection? He's on a three-hour walk with this couple who are disappointed and hurt and frustrated. 
see, that makes me go, I, you know, I, I, I get emotional thinking about who Jesus is and, and this amazing love that he has for us. And there he is on resurrection morning. There he is. And he's, he's engaged with this. And it's a three-hour walk. It's a seven-mile journey. Um, so, so, you know, if that's not your view, see, if that's not your view of Jesus, I want that to be your view. He's the one that walks with us always, even when we don't see him. And now, I'm not, the story is so much fun. So, I hope the scripture is fun for you. It should be fun. It should be funny sometimes. It's amazing. All right. So, um, here's here's this thing. So Jesus says to them, uh, "What are you guys talking about on this walk?" And and they've been, like I said, I'm sure they've been talking about everything has happened and their disappointment to one another. And you know, we've put our trust in in Jesus. We've seen all the things He's done, and now nothing nothing happened. Our hopes are, you know, all it just nothing worked. All these just wasted time in the process. And 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 I love what Jesus says. He says, listen, I want you to talk to me about it. Talk to me about it. He invites them to talk to him. See, that's what he's doing all the time with us. When we're going through difficult things, things that we don't understand, sometimes I think we're walking away and so we stop talking. And Jesus is always inviting us to talk. Why don't you you talk to me about it? What are you talking about? And so what they do is they kind of stand still and they're looking sad. And and there he is and they're just kind of standing still. And then Cleopas says this, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Okay, so, so this, that's, that's really funny. I don't know if you catch why that's funny. But here's Cleopas, who really doesn't have a clue about what's going on, telling Jesus, the only one who knows everything that's going on, don't you know anything that's going on? And, and so you should, some of those things should, should make you sort of laugh. Uh, are you, aren't, aren't you aware of what's, what's happening in this thing? And, and I love what, Je- I love what Jesus says. He just kind of goes, what things? So this is, this amazing story stuff that's going on here with Jesus. I, I hope you know that, that Jesus is amazing. He loves you and, and he's, there's funny things that are happening in the scriptures. It's part of who he is. He brings that into uh, our situation and, and our lives all the time. And, and so it's, it's in the middle of it. So he says, well, what things? Look, in, in life, we have, we don't understand moments. I'd say we got one happening. Where it doesn't really make sense to us. Where we're not sure what's going on. Where why in the world are these things happening? And, and, and so we don't really know what's going on. And yet Cleopas, who doesn't, he's, this whole discussion has been with his wife. My guess is they don't know what's going on. All of a sudden Jesus is there and he acts like he knows everything that's going on. He starts to tell them everything that's been happening. He went from not knowing anything to a minute later being an expert on the subject. And he's not an expert. He still doesn't know anything. And, and I think that's, that happens. Our brains don't like that sort of not understanding. And so we, our brains go and try and figure things out. And all of a sudden, we become experts on things we know nothing about. And now we, we're overwhelmed with information and access to information. And, and everybody becomes an expert uh, really quickly. And, and it's because we, we think we've got to have it figured out and make sense of it all. And, and try and, you know, then tell everybody we've figured out. Uh, and yet... You know, our calling is to be humble people, and, and it's, it's not humble to think that we can really understand all the complexities of life. Uh, 
that we can really ever figure out everything that's going on. See, that's, we have to trust that He's got us. Now, I'm not telling you to shut your brains off. I don't believe that. We're supposed to be reasoning. We're supposed to be all in. We're supposed to be searching the Scriptures. We're supposed to be questioning things. But we, we have to know that we're part of a bigger story. And that God's got us in the story, and he's, and, he, and he's for us in the process. And so Cleopas really has no idea what's going on, but he's going to try and tell Jesus what he thinks is going on, because he doesn't think Jesus has any clue, but Jesus is the only one that really knows. Let's pick up the story in verse 22. He tells him what's going on. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They, they went to the tomb early this morning, and they didn't find his body. Uh, they came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who'd said he was alive. And then some of our companions, uh, they went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but, but they didn't see Jesus. So, so the, here's these things, you know, then they're not sure what's going on. They're trying to describe them. And, and so where they're stuck is, where Cleopas is stuck and, and, and where they decided to leave was because it just didn't fit who they thought he was. They, they sort of had him in this box and they knew everything that he was going to do and none of those things worked out the way they wanted to. And, and so they, they just couldn't handle that this person that they trusted to be the Redeemer of Israel. As far as they could tell, it hadn't happened. And so they were walking away. I love what Jesus says. Verse 25, he says, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. He's like, yeah, the, the prophets have been telling you everything that was going to happen if you'd only been listening. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. I'm always telling you the Old Testament is his story and Jesus says it right there and he explains to them how the whole thing is really all about what Jesus is going to do and how it works. But what they couldn't understand is how suffering can give way to glory. It's hard for us to com comprehend and we, we just can't deal with it. And, and see, we, we kind of live, we, we, we really, and I get this, we, we live to avoid suffering. We, we do a lot of things to move around it. But, but suffering, unfortunately, is part of this life. This is a fallen world. It's a broken planet. We have a very real enemy. This is not as good as it gets. And, and part of living here at this point in time, even as people of, of, of purpose and mission, is that sometimes there's difficult things that we have to deal with. And, and they just couldn't see suffering giving way to glory. And so it's kind of like, well, maybe he was a prophet or something. He did some great things and God did some neat things through him, but he was condemned to death and he was crucified. And that's the story. But see, their hope was that he was going to redeem Israel. That was their hope. Everything they'd hoped for, everything they'd wished for, everything they thought of. And so these people, they'd been hurt, discouraged, and they walk away. They've been bruised. They're, they're broken. They've lost hope. Why this is so important for us, to, for us to get that God is for us is that there are people now all around us who are broken. And, and on, as we continue to press on in this stuff that we're walking through, um, we're going to see more and more broken people popping up. 
Um, there's going to be broken relationships, I'm afraid, and there's going to be people um, whose, whose work situations have crumbled and whose living situations have crumbled and whose anxiety, people have, uh, who were anxious before are going to be even more anxious as, as they you know, have to start doing things and fading back in. There's going to be all this stuff happening everywhere. There's this people in tremendous need. And what we're going to have to figure out together is we're going to have to figure out how, we're gonna, how we can journey with some people who have been hurt and, and, and who are in despair and who are confused uh, and, and have, have been walking away and, and we're going to have to be with them so that we can help them to get back to where their hope is and start walking in the right direction. And it comes down to this whole thing, knowing that he's for you, knowing that he's for you. It allows you to trust him. And, and he's for us in ways that we, we couldn't have even imagined. And, and, and so what we have to do is we have to open our hearts to him. There's a shift that has to take place. And, and I'd say often what happens when we get in these things we don't understand, we sort of turn into all kind of, it's all up in here, it's all up in our heads, everything. And we're just trying to figure it all out. But we have to relate to him in our hearts. And this story goes on and it says, you know, as they get closer to their home, it appears like Jesus is going to keep walking on, but, but they make a transition now, Cleopas and his, and his wife, and their transition is, oh, Jesus, don't keep going. We want you to stay with us. Will you come in with us? Will you come and, and be with us? They're, they're now inviting him in to a, a more intimate and personal way. Verse 28, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, this is so many things happen at fellowship. He took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to him. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning with us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There, they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It's true, the Lord is risen, has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. See, something's changed. They've moved out of that headspace into a heart space from sort of a, um, a religious position to a relational position. And they said, would you hang out with us in the house? And he says, absolutely. And when he breaks bread, what I'm thinking that happened is that he breaks bread, that, that what they recognize is they see the wounds in his, in his hands. And they realize all of a sudden, they see something they couldn't see before, is that this is Jesus. This is the one they'd hoped for. And in that moment, everything is changed for them, and their hope is restored. And they do something that's amazing, and you might miss it if you read it. It says they rose at that same hour, and what do they do? They go back to Jerusalem. They've been walking away because there was nothing there for them. Their hope was gone, and now their hope is restored. What are they doing? And it's late at night. It's dangerous to walk at night, but they can't help it. they got to go because they got good news. Their hope is restored. Jesus is alive. And they rush back to their friends to tell them the good news. See, that's got to happen with us. We've got to be the people who, even in the midst of these difficult things, know that somehow Jesus is always with us and he's for us, no matter what. And, and even though things don't go the way we want, and, and, and you know, <laughs> yet he's for us. And, and he's, his story is bigger 
than, than all these things. And he's, he's going to take these things and work things together for good. That's the promise. I, I, I see the potential of many, many people making decisions for Christ and, and giving their lives to him. And, and it starts with us, the church, being aware of that and knowing that he's for us and living that way and living in a, in a, in a way that allows his love and his mercy and his grace to flow through us to impact the world around us for him. Because when you realize how much he loves you, how much he's for you, you've got to tell people about it. You can't help yourself. It pops right out. And that's what he's looking for us. And so it all starts with Jesus. Let me just say we've been doing this. For those of you watching online in particular, um, I, I, I know that we have people watching who, who haven't maybe been here before or you're just checking us out or somebody has told you to watch. And we want to make sure that, that your story, you're connected to Jesus. And that all starts by, by inviting him in, just like these guys did, to, uh, inviting him into your life, though, to be your Lord and Savior. And there's this simple prayer that, that we're doing online just to, just to kind of help that process. And, and, and really it goes like this, and you, and you can pray this with me, this, this simple prayer. It just goes, um, God, will you forgive me of all my sin? And he does. And Jesus, will you come into my heart and my life to be my Lord and Savior? And, and that's the prayer that, that starts this whole journey for you. And, and, and I know that there's some of you praying with me. We keep, we keep finding out that people are praying with us. Because what we're asking people to do, if you prayed that prayer with me, it's pretty simple. Just text the word heart to that number. Text the word heart to that number. I, and I, I, it's, I'm not trying to gain statistics. I want to celebrate with you. I, I want to send you something to help you on your journey, how to get started uh, in this whole process. And, and if you'll text that number, I'll know. I'll celebrate. We'll be praying. And, and you'll, get some, you'll get some information almost immediately to help you on your journey. So, so please do that. It's the best decision you'll ever make to ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. And so I want to encourage you to do that as well. Also, as we wind down here now, I want to thank everybody for, for your generosity. You've overwhelmed me with what you've been doing, and, and I just want to thank you. And if you can continue to do that. I know for some of you it's just not a, a good time, and so I get that, and we're praying for you. But if you're able, several ways that you can give uh, to us without actually being here. You can text uh, an amount to that number, and um, it, will, it doesn't go on your phone bill or anything. You have to give it credit card information. Once you do it once, it'll have it, and you can just text the amount at any time. Uh, or you can go to the websites and log in and look for digital giving or donate. Do it there. Or just mail. Mail it in. I know some of you like to do that. That's the address. And I just want to thank you for your faithfulness to do that. And, and then no, 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 this. God is for you. And it changes everything. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. 
May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go tonight in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us online. We'll see you as soon as we can as well. God bless you guys. And for you in here, as you're leaving, it's cool. Just don't... Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.